It took me nine months to launch that podcast because it took me that long to admit that, you know what, I'm taking this too seriously and I'm just going to do something stupid. I'm here today with the king, Alex Sanfilippo. He is the CEO and founder of PodPros. He's also a host of the top-rated show, Podcasting Made Simple, and a lead educator in podcasting. A lot of people, they'd say, well, Alex, I just have bigger ambitions than that. I want to do more. Where did your love and passion and proficiency in podcasting begin? It, it didn't happen until my late 20s into my early 30s. Sit down with pen and paper and figure out what you know you do to serve the world and how you can show up and do that. But I did discover a passion almost by mistake, but I found the industry I wanted to be in. One of the beauties of being a guest on a podcast is you learn your message so well. If a podcast has just 10, 20, 30 people listening to it, that's still powerful because that's like 10, 20, or 30 people listening to you sitting in seats with you on a stage. What should people do to build out their brand? People will forgive you for the lack of quality of your content, but not for the lack of the content itself. You've got to start off that way if you want to make it. So you give people a way and a reason to identify with you as a podcaster. Can't ever achieve perfect. Perfect is not what we should be after. We should be after doing something we're proud of, but getting out there as soon as we can so we can actually serve somebody. It's been said a lot, but perfection is the enemy of done. So let's say 2015, no one's looking for, for AI podcasts. If you started one then, now that's a really popular show. So get some sort of mentorship and have something so you're not just going the path alone. You're listening to the Real Business Connections Network. Real Business Connections Network. Powered, powered by Balbert Marketing, LLC. Subscribe now and check us out at realbusinessconnections.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to Learn, Speak, Teach, powered by Balbert Marketing, LLC. If you love to learn, be inspired, and succeed, we're here to speak and teach. I'm your host, Ben Albert. I believe if you're not living, you're dying. If you're not growing, you're withering. And if you're not engaged, we can turn this off right now. Because we here at LST are lifelong learners. And listen, I'm not your guru. I'm an ordinary guy on a journey to learn from the experts. My goal is to host each conversation with a beginner's mindset. Learn and let the experts speak and teach their truths. Join us. Oh, yeah. And don't forget to subscribe. This episode is brought to you completely free. Get some stake in the game here. My fee for the show only takes a few moments. If you gain value from the episode, personally share with a friend and explain your favorite part. Bonus points. Please leave us a review on Apple, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to the show. All right. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone, once again to Learn, Speak, Teach on the Real Business Connections Network. I'm here today with the king, Alex Sanfilippo. Brother, <laughs> what's happening? Ben, that caught me off guard right away. I was immediately like, what? <laughs> the king? Like, I have never been called that. But yes, I'm royalty, everybody. I'm glad to be here with all of you. I'm just kidding. That's not, I was going to say peasants, but that sounded too mean. But Ben, uh, glad to be here, man. Thank you so much. Dude, the other day, someone called me a marketing or networking ninja. And I'm like, I know like two moves. <laughs> post and schedule <laughs> <laughs> so guys if you don't know alex you probably are trapped under a rock somewhere he is the ceo and founder of powder Pow, 
what did I just call it? Pod pros. I'm going to change Soft- the name. Keep up with the podcast. <laughs> Powerpuff Pros. Pod Pros, a software company focused specifically in the podcasting industry. He's also a host of the top rated show, Podcasting Made Simple, and a lead educator in podcasting. And you have it right on your shirt. One of the products you've created is Podmatch, which I'm sure a lot of my listeners know. Cool. I, I, mean, I appreciate hearing that. Thanks so much for the introduction. Uh, in case anyone wants me to fill in the gaps there, I'm 100% podcasting. That's literally all I do. So I help people podcast. I have my own podcast. It's all I talk about in my free time. It's what I love. So uh, honored to be here. Love love anyone who has a great show. And Ben, uh, Real Business Connections Network is like, I like I, I told him, I've been listening to it today. And it's just like, man, so good. One episode after the other. So love being here and what you do. Well, thank you, Alex. I, I, I asked Jordan Harbinger this exact question. I think we'll start here because it's a fun one. You didn't just like jump out of your mother's womb with a microphone and this charming personality and the speaking and just like the podcast guy. You probably had to, well, you tell me, where did it start? Like what, where did your love and passion and proficiency in podcasting begin? Later in life. I say later in life. I'm, 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 I was born in 1988. So like, I'm, I'm not like super old or anything like that. Right. Or I don't consider to be super old yet. Um, but it, it didn't happen until my late twenties into my early thirties. I actually really started developing a voice and realizing that I like this. My background before that was in business and, and I had done some speaking just a little bit, like, especially with my divisions of the company and stuff I was running along the way. Cause I, I was in big corporate and stuff like that. And I don't know, like one day I, I decided to start a podcast because I wanted to learn how to leave a nine to five job because I, I worked again in corporate and I wanted to figure it out. So I'm like, oh, podcast, free coaching. And I can ask people how they left a nine to five job and how they did it successfully. And <laughs> I, I, not that like I just fell into it, but I did discover a passion almost by mistake because I was looking to learn how to leave an industry. And I thought it was a smart way to do that, but I found the industry I wanted to be in. And I'll say this through and through my ability to speak well behind a microphone or in person is a learned, like through and through a learned thing for me. Some people might have like a natural ability to do it. I feel like I've worked really hard to develop now. People are like, oh, you're such a natural, right? Like I worked really hard to be a natural. So am I a natural? I don't know. But that's kind of been the process of it. So for me, it hasn't been many years of my life, but it's something that I see being in the foreseeable future of my life. I thoroughly enjoy every moment of what I get to do now. Love it. Let's talk about that transformation because you mentioned it's a learned skill. Um, You were listening to podcasts, I imagine, before you started one. What was this time period? What, What were you listening to at the time? So my first ever podcast I listened to was because, uh, again, going back to aerospace. So real quick, side note here, I say aerospace. Everyone assumes I was an astronaut, skydiver, or fighter pilot. Hate to let everyone down. And Ben, I know you're going to be the most disappointed out of everybody. I was none of those things. I worked in a company that that developed and created solutions for aircrafts through parts, and we all focused below the atmosphere. So they weren't even going to space or anything like that, right? But we were just doing that. I worked behind a computer, worked my way up from literally a part-time guy to a, to a senior executive of the company. And anyway, going back to your question now, at one point I was walking through one of my departments and it was the shipping receiving department and they were listening to something like the whole group. And I like, looked at the computer. There's nothing on the computer. I looked at this phone. I'm like, this is coming from your phone. And I was like, what are you listening to? He goes, oh dude, this is the Joe Rogan podcast. And I was like, what the heck is a podcast? I'm like, and isn't Joe Rogan the fear factor guy? I'm like, what a weirdo. <laughs> you know, like, I think that's legitimately what I said. And all these guys, they all like, they had um, managers that they reported to, but I was like kind of the high up guy. So they were all like 
standing around me now, like the whole department comes by and like, you don't know what a podcast is. And I, I think, I think it was 2014 maybe uh, was the year, but I had no clue. And I'm like listening to it. And I'm like, is this on my phone? And they're like, yeah, I'm like the same thing is on my phone. And they, they showed me and I'm like, not, I'm not like tech Ill- illiterate. Like I, I can figure stuff out. So like I listened to a podcast and I didn't pick Joe Rogan. I picked another podcast that I, I can't recall exactly what it was, but I just started listening as I was uh, doing some like more tedious reporting work and stuff like that, because everyone thinks at the C-suite you're solving giant problems and sometimes you're just fixing Excel spreadsheets. Um, but anyway, I just started listening and I was like, this is so freaking cool. So yeah, I think it goes back to 2014 and that was my introduction to podcasting, if you will. Boom, boom. What we're going to do, guys, is I want to tackle two things. I want to tackle starting a podcast for anybody who's listening to mine and wants to start one. And then gusting, and we'll do it kind of through Alex's journey. So you you listen to Joe Rogan, you have no clue what a podcast is. It's like, wow, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Then you realize, and listen, Alex, I wish I had a mentor like you in my life when I started because I didn't know what I was doing. And literally when I started this podcast, it was specifically because I had been furloughed and I started a business but had no clue how to run a business. So I thought I'd just interview people who did. So I think that's brilliant. So We do the same thing. You had that mentality. And that's why I wish I had the, you as a mentor in my life and the listener can actually take this information and implement it way quicker than it took you and I. Um, so I'm going to, you decide I'm going to start a podcast. What happens next? Are you just talking into your iPhone or what was your first move to get started? Yeah. It, I'm, I'm glad we're going here because the first move is not the move that did anything well. Let's put it that way. The first time I tried it, I used just my phone because I'm like, oh, there's a built-in microphone here. And my brilliant idea, Ben, was to to do it in the car because I'm like, I don't really feel like I hear an echo in the car. But I live in Jacksonville, Florida, and it's freaking hot here. So I'm going to leave the AC running. You're smiling because you know you're like, that sounded terrible. And sure enough, this guy over here who doesn't listen to his own podcast was like, yeah, it's good enough. It'll work. And it was just like 12-minute rants that I was doing. Um, you can't find that content anymore. That's gone, Right. That was my first attempt at podcasting. And it was shortly after I heard that podcast for the first time. I probably a few weeks later, I was like, I'm going to try this. This seems like fun, right? Like I was like, this seems really cool. It's an outlet. Um, it was terrible. My mom listened once and then she never said anything about it. You know, so like obviously it it's didn't work out. But I, I stopped that as quickly as I could. It, now, fast forward a couple of years, I actually ended up getting into podcasting. I, I was uh, something I just did for fun on the side is I I was a contributing author of a multi-author blog and I ran their podcast. It was once a month, 15 minute episode did super well. Like it was what, really what, cool. What blog was that? It, it was, it, the name's been changed. I, we actually, it, it got sold to another company. It's called Daily PS and stand, it stood for Paradigm Shift. And so I, it was a, it was like a faith-based multi-author blog it was just huh. about helping people find Jesus or find some sort of like relief in their life if they were struggling. And so once a month I would write an article and I'd also do a, a, a podcast with it. And the funny thing is, the only thing that qualified me for that was I was the only person I had any experience with it. Didn't matter what that experience was, which was a complete failure, right? Like it just wasn't good. I'm not trying to sell myself short that first one. But this one, I was like, okay, I definitely know what not to do. And so I, I did that. And I did that for a couple of years. And then the, the show, though, that set me on the map was, again, I now knew I liked this. And this was all like side hustle stuff while I was still working the corporate job, which, by the way, I loved that job. It was amazing. It was so bittersweet the day I left. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little side note for everybody there. But the um, the podcast I actually started was called Creating a Brand, and it was about the art of creating a brand. How do you create something for yourself to leave a nine-to-five job to become a successful entrepreneur? And you know what? What I did wrong the first time, and maybe even a little bit the second time, I got lucky with the one with the blog. 
is I did the opposite of what you had a former guest share about. It was actually, and I, I actually encourage everyone, go back and listen to this if you haven't heard it. It was with uh, Steve D. Sims. And it was uh, posted on February 7th, 2023. Uh, it was number 56 in the Learn, Speak, Teach series. And something he said in it is that you have to sometimes just call things stupid that you're doing. And it, not, to, not to put yourself down, but so you can say it with a smile, right? And for me, I took the first two podcasts probably too seriously. This one, I'm like, what a dumb idea to think I can leave a nine to five job and learn it through free coaching. I'm like, get through podcasting. That's dumb, right? But the thing is, as Steve said in that episode, we put so many parameters and pressure on ourselves that it makes us disqualified or feel insufficient. And because I didn't take it so seriously, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have fun with it. It actually succeeded. So again, I encourage you all to go listen to that. Disclaimer on that episode, the first word you hear, make sure there's no young children in the room when you hit play. Um, little disclaimer there. But anyway, that's kind of my process of getting started. Like Again, failure to kind of just a random ex- success to one where I, I walked into it knowing what the purpose was and didn't take myself too seriously, but I knew that what I was going to do. Well, thanks for bringing Steve up. Uh, it, it, great insight from a brilliant guy. Another thing he said in that episode, I asked him how he asked such great questions. And he said he learned to ask great questions by asking crappy ones. Right. And then he'd right. ask a bad question, he'd get a bad answer, and then he would pivot the way he asked it, and then he'd a slightly better answer, and then he would pivot the way he asked it. But it's not like he just sat down and became Elton John's concierge dude. He got there through trial and error. So I want to talk about trial and error, but you you, you kind of got me uh, hooked on the branding thing. So from the branding podcast, for anyone's curious, what are like the top three tips you've learned through hosting a podcast on branding, building a huge brand yourself, building out PodMatch? Uh, what should people do to build out their brand? Yeah, this is, a, this is a great topic. This flows straight into like really how to launch a podcast because I think if you don't get the brand side of it right, yeah. then it's really hard for it to succeed. And I see far too many people launch podcasts with no, here it is, the first thing, with no real clarity as to what it is for and what it's about. And the thing is, none of us are going to launch and get it perfect. Like that's, you know, it's, it's totally random if that happens and maybe one out of a hundred get it right. But most of us, myself included, you're going to have to tweak a little bit. But the very first thing that matters when it comes to a brand and specifically a podcasting brand is to have clarity of vision, clarity of your why. Like, what is the reason for this show? And it can't be everything for everybody about all things, right? Like, it's, that that doesn't that just is you diverting from the question, right? Of like, how do you get clear on this? And so for me, from day one, I'm now telling you it was for me to learn how to leave a nine to five job and become a successful entrepreneur from other entrepreneurs who had done that. From day one, I could have said that, but in about 30 additional words. And you would have been like, what did he just say? Right? Like it's that clarity that you gain over time. But the more clear you can get from the start is the number one thing. I find that it's just so important when it comes to podcasting. That's the very first thing. The next thing I'd say is get a mentor. My goodness. Mm. I mean, you talked about that early on, right? Like I also wish that people I now know in podcasting would help me from day one because I wouldn't have asked such terrible questions because I still would have had bad questions, but the like, the top five worst questions I could ask, which I don't know what they are now. Someone could have been like, ooh, <laughs> like I would love I would love for someone to say, Alex, don't ask that question ever again. Like that, that question does not lead you anywhere in a conversation, right? So get some sort of mentorship. And it doesn't necessarily need to be someone like, like Alex or Ben. It could actually be through a course. It could be through a, a channel or a podcast that you can follow. It can be through those type of things, but have something so you're not just going the path alone. It took me nine months to launch that podcast 
because it took me that long to admit that, you know what, I'm taking this too seriously and I'm just going to do something stupid, like Steve says, right? Mm. It took me that long. And my actual launch, when I got rid of all the BS, was probably about a week. And I was like, you know what, whatever, I'm just going to do it. And so, again, it, that only happens when you have somebody who's speaking to you. And if someone can get you through that perfectionist mindset, that's a that's a huge thing. And that's the last thing I'm going to mention is that mm. perfectionist mindset. I mean, it's been said a lot, but perfection is the enemy of done. Like things don't get done when you're just focused on perfection. Again, I went through nine months of that. I know people in podcasting, quote unquote, that have not launched a show and they've been working on it for four years. And when I talk to them about their ideas, they're like, oh yeah, it's really developing. They've already got like the LLC. They've already got their microphone. They've got the nice cameras. Their studios are insanely beautiful. They have no content that's ever served anybody because they can't release it till it's perfect. You can't ever achieve perfect. You just can't. You're never going to get there. Perfect is not what we should be after. We should be after doing something we're proud of, but getting out there as soon as we can so we can actually serve somebody. So again, it, it all starts with clarity, getting some mentorship, some direction so you can get out there quicker, and then avoiding perfection at all costs. Love it. Yeah, dude, perfection is a plague, man. We're not even talking about podcasting. We can get philosophical, but oh, is yeah. there even such thing as perfect? So, so clarity... We want to surround ourselves, dude, osmosis with our mentors. A lot of the people I listen to on podcasting, I don't know why they're good. I just realize they're good and I feel like I pick something up osmosis and then we got to get started. So, but even that seems like slightly overwhelming, at least for me when I got started. Well, what, what do you recommend the first move should be? Like, is there a gadget or a, what, what should actually the first move be to actually, and I can just throw the episode out, right? So what, what should the move, first move be? Past the things we just talked about. So when it actually comes to, to doing this show, I mean, you're going to need to find a hosting provider. I don't want to get all the technical stuff, but that's how you're actually like, that's how it's physically, digitally. I don't even know how to say it, Ben, but that's how it magically appears everywhere, right? For someone to listen to. So I'm going to skip- a thing called an RSS feed, an it, RSS stands for, no, just go on. That's exactly what it is. Someone can go, <laughs> go type in what is an RSS feed for podcasts and you can find this and it's super boring. So good luck when you fall asleep, right? But no, the, the first thing I say that you need is definitely have some sort of tech that you're proud of. Like, like you don't need, like this is, I consider this my forever mic. And some people are like, Alex, that's only like a $300 mic. How can that be your forever mic? I have a $5,000 mic. I, this is good enough for my level of expertise. And it's, it's good. I'm very happy with it. And you don't need to even spend that much. My first mic that I was really proud of, I think was $80. And I, the tech's always changing. So I'm not even going to bring up the brand or anything like that. Just find a good mic. And the thing is, someone's like, oh, I don't know if I want to invest that. What if I don't like it? The nice thing about this gear is I can still get about the same amount of money for it used on something like Marketplace on Facebook. Mm. Like, And I actually sold one of my mics during 2020 for more than I paid for it because I said I didn't like it anymore. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like if I actually just want to get out of podcasting, I'm net positive right now, right? So, but the thing is have some, I, I, I don't really even know the word to use, but maybe some pride. I hate kind of using that word, but some pride in what you're producing doesn't need to be perfect, but don't go sit in the car with a phone with AC running, right? Like have something that you say, okay, this sounds good. Someone will want to hear this. At the end of the day, though, I have to add a, a, a side note to this. People will forgive you for the lack of quality of your content, but not for the lack of the content itself. So what I mean by that is that the, if the this if my mic sounds terrible and you can hear the AC running in the background or a dog barking, people will forgive me for that if my words are powerful and truly add value. People will not forgive you for the opposite. Again, if I had the most beautiful studio in the world, everything sounded perfect, but what I was saying was absolute garbage and didn't add value or serve, it's not good. So again, 
have pride in what you're doing, but make sure you're really focused. Is the value going to match my quality? So it sounds easy, but how do I ensure that what I'm saying is actually valuable, that it actually is quality? I mean, it, it, it's fun when it's with my friends. How do I ensure that what I have to say is worth listening to? Any thoughts on that? A lot, probably too many thoughts, Ben. <laughs> the, the first thing I'll mention here is you have to, going back to clarity, going back to why, you actually have to know, and I'm, I'm going to tie everything back to that, by the way. That's where it all begins. Sit down with pen and paper and figure out what you know you do to serve the world and how you can show up and do that. That's the very first thing. Like If you go, if you go to start a podcast and you don't even know who you're going to help, it's going to be really hard for you to add any value with what you're sharing. And the, the days of just truly random podcasts that aren't really about anything. We're seeing the traction on all those drop, even the old popular ones, but the new ones aren't getting any traction because people want to listen with some form of intent. As a matter of fact, it was Edison Research that did a report on this. And this number has stayed really, I'm comfortable sharing this because I feel it's, it's evergreen at this point, but over 75% of people who listen to podcasts listen to learn something new. And what that means is people are looking for transformation. At the end of the day, that's what we're selling on a podcast is I'm here I'm a listener and I want to go there. And this podcast looks like based off its topic, based off what this episode's about, based off how the speaker talks is going to take me from A to B the way that I want to. And so for all of us, it's a matter of sitting back and actually doing some self-reflection and saying, okay, what do I actually know about? And how am I going to articulate that in a way that's really going to benefit and serve somebody? And at the end of the day, this only comes from reps. I mean, my first episodes, you can go back and listen to my back catalog. It's still there, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> Not because it wasn't good. It helped people that time. I got a lot of great feedback from it. But now that I've articulated so many times, I'm able to add far more value with far less words. And it just takes practice. And something I, I started doing when I started the podcast is I started actually recording myself. I gave myself two minutes every day and I put my phone in the windowsill and I just recorded myself and I just would pick a random topic and I gave myself two minutes to talk on that topic. Yeah. And now the topic I say random, it was within the niche that I wanted to serve, right? Entrepreneurship and how to run a business. Like that's where it was all focused. But by doing that over a year, people didn't see those videos and never posted them anywhere, but they started helping me learn to speak in shorter words, like fewer words, but get my main point across in a way that would actually serve and add value. It takes practice, takes clarity in your messaging, knowing where you're going and knowing the value you can actually add to somebody. And that, it's all super easy, right, Ben? Not, nothing to it. <laughs> Practice clarity, put in the reps. Well, it's, it's, it's funny because I got lucky and I'd love to hear your, your opinion on niching. I got really freaking lucky because on LinkedIn, it's a connection request. When you friend request somebody, it's called a connection. I had just started a business. I'm born and raised in Rochester, New York. So I started a podcast called Rochester Business Connections. And the worst part of the show was me. My guests were incredible, but I was the student that me talking right now, this was probably the most amount of talking I would do in five episodes because mm. all I did is sit down as a student and ask questions. But simply because I sat there as a student and was talking to Rochester, New York business owners that utilize LinkedIn, I gained a tiny following, but enough of a following that I was able to get ROI and actually monetize the podcast with the business literally in the matter of weeks. And I didn't know what I was doing. Now, the podcast is better nowadays, but it's funny, Alex. I get more general. If, we talk about like holotropic breath work, and then we talk about business marketing, and then we're talking about shame. It's like I'm all over the place. If anything, I'm like going against niching down just because I'm having fun with it. 
But talk about niching because I had a bad podcast. I'm, I'm sure it's better than I'm giving myself. I'm being hard. It is myself. better than you're giving yourself credit for, for sure. I had a bad podcast. But since it was a local following of business owners on LinkedIn, I was able to monetize it. What did I do right? What did I do wrong? Expand on this. What you did right is had a, had a niche or niche, however we like to say it. You, you had that. <laughs> Depends thing, on the day. Right? Yeah. You, you had that though. And most people, they just don't start with that. And the thing is you can, because people, what we do is we look at these big podcasters that don't really have a niche that we can see, right? Like we're just kind of like, oh, but they're kind of all over the place. And the problem is us new podcasters, myself included, we compare our day one or our year one to someone else's year 20. And what happens is if you start that way, eventually you can broaden it as you grow in your influence, as you're able to build up the business from a monetization standpoint. You and, and there is something to be said for staying as niche as you can. Like if you really truly know that that's the only tribe you serve, then stick with that. If you're not looking for more influence, you're just looking for more impact with a small group of people, then keep it by all means. But if you hit a point where, you know what, I have my core, I can expand because they're asking me about more now. You're growing your influence. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But what matters is especially when you start having something. As a matter of fact, I just Ben, I just talked to somebody today and she launched a podcast two months ago at time of recording this. And she's getting over 10,000 people listening every week. Great. I was like, good for you. What, what did you do? I was like, explain it. Her podcast is for get this, doodle parents. So people that have a doodle, I guess I had a poodle. I don't know what kind of dog. It's a dog. Anyway, I don't know. But like it's a, she calls it for doodle parents or something like that. And basically anyone who considers themselves a parent, but their their kid is a doodle, again, whatever kind of dog that is, is identifying with this podcast. And guess what it is the only podcast in the world. And probably there's not even a YouTube channel on that. There's nothing on that. She's the only person who does that. And a lot of people are like, oh, but that's such a small, that's such a small niche. I'm like, do you know many podcasts that get ten thousand people listening every week? Because I don't. Like, I, I can probably count them on one hand. Yeah, right. Like, than, it's just way less so, than one percent. Right. It, like almost nobody. And so a lot of people they say, well, Alex, I just have bigger ambitions than that. I want to do more. In my mind, it's almost a cop out. I'm like, you're scared to put on the line what you really believe if you won't start with something specific. I mean, you put it on the line. You said, I, I am here for Rochester people who use LinkedIn. Like, dang, if you fail at that, we all know that you failed at LinkedIn connecting people locally, right? But so it took courage to be able to launch that. And so I, I find that the people that, again, have that niche, they make it happen. Now, at some point, she may include other types of dogs in that podcast, right? But she's got her core. You've got to start off that way if you want to make it. So you give people a way and a reason to identify with you as a podcaster. That's powerful, man. You have to have that core I'm wondering though, so you, you pick a niche that doesn't exist yet, maybe you even do market research and you choose something that you know doesn't exist. If I start this new podcast, is it immediately going to, are people searching for it or do I have to go to market and promote it? Like if I have the only podcast in a category underwater basket weaving, are people going to come find me or do I have to find them? What happens once I have this defined? Yeah, this, this is like an interesting topic here because it depends on whether it's a topic that's already being searched for. So like underwater basket weaving, I doubt there's any search results for that, right? So like finding that tribe is going to be tough, but the internet's connected all of us. And the, the, the thing is through actual search engines, Google, Bing, those type of companies, right? And now all the podcast players are getting more like far more intelligent with how you search. 
like some of them are starting to even have their AIs run through the transcript that they're grabbing from your podcast so that when you search for it, if it's really about that, it'll it'll display that result. So people will find it if they're searching for it. So there's something to be said for building a business that is in demand versus one that's not. So like, again, underwater basket weaving, there's probably never been a search for it. Or if they have, it's a joke. I'm guessing. I don't know if that is that a real, that's not a real thing, right? That was just a. It's a joke I've heard before and told before. I don't know. Okay. By now it's a meme. So (laughs) maybe there's a podcast there, but here's the thing. If you go to one of these search engines and you type in a search, now the autofill happens. That's what people are looking for. Right. So let's just say that let's talk about surfing in Jacksonville, Florida. If that is a very common search or even more intentional podcasts about surfing in Jacksonville, Florida, and there's thousands of people apparently looking for that. And you can just go to like google.com slash trends to see that. If there's thousands of people searching for that and there's not a Jacksonville, Florida podcast about surfing, you build that one, the people are already looking for it. They will find it. Right. So it just depends on if it's something that already exists or not or how ahead of the game you can get. Here's the thing. Five years ago, seven years ago, let's say, uh, people probably weren't looking for AI podcast. So look, look, I, I should always make things evergreen, right? So let's say 2015, no one's looking for for AI podcast. If mm-hmm. you started one then and you built up a couple hundred episodes today and probably forever into the future, now that's a really popular show. So it's also thinking about, okay, what is the mark? Where is it going? If you can forecast that, you can get it in at the right time, you can do really, really well. So timing is kind of everything on that. But it's a matter of, again, finding that really narrow thing and you can potentially do really well. Guys, type into Google the Chat GPT Show podcast. And if it doesn't exist yet, that's the podcast to start. Because boob, think about where you'll be in five years down the road. Yeah, um, dude, Alex, I could talk to you for like six hours. I'm going to start to pivot for people that hey, I don't want to start a show. I just want to get on shows, and I want to hear kind of feedback on that. So we'll pivot to that. But for people that want to learn more, ultimately about what we're talking about, uh, where can they learn more about this and, and learn from you? Yeah, the the if you will, the call to action will be the same for everything that I talk about here. But if you go to podpros.com forward slash win, it'll give you five quick wins as an aspiring podcast guest, aspiring podcast host, or podcast host or podcast guest, right? So either if you're just getting started or you are somewhat experienced on either side of the mic, it'll give you five quick wins that you can read in less than five minutes. I don't want your email address or anything like that. So just go check it out and see if it's helpful to you. And again, that's podpros.com forward slash win. So easy. No email address or credit card required, no, no, no. guys. Just, just here to help. You know, we can do more together if you're interested, but that's just where I like to send people. Pure value. And, and to, to kind of segue into guesting, you have the Podmatch shirt. Podmatch is like the biggest, best, literally, like it's like a matchmaking for podcasters, especially for people who are guests that want to get on shows. Well, when did that come into play? So you... You host some shows, they fall, you got the blog, it's this and that and that, and now boom, Podmatch goes viral. Like, when did Podmatch start? How did you get that started? You know, it's funny. I got to share this. Everyone says like, wow, man, you're an overnight success because Podmatch blew up overnight. I'm like, yeah, you didn't talk about like the 15 failed side hustles I had along the way, right? Like I was always trying stuff. It was all that experience that, that made me learn. So it was overnight that'll success. Be, Alex, that, that'll, be, that'll be part two. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. 15 failed side hustles with Alex. We'll do a part two soon. But I, so pod, I love that. So you strike gold. How? What, what happened? Yeah. So when I was doing that show, creating a brand, I actually, believe it or not, learned what I set out to learn, which was how to become an entrepreneur. And to way simplify that, if that's okay, like no offense to my 158 guests or whatever they were that like put dozens and 
hundreds of years into this, right? But what I basically learned was you find an area of passion, you join the community in that area of passion, you find a simple problem that that community is struggling with, and then you offer the most simple form of solution you possibly can. So for me, again, like I said earlier, I fell in love with podcasting. Wasn't my intent. That's just what I ended up falling in love with. So I joined the community. I started speaking at all their conferences. And eventually I I became like more of an inner circle podcaster, if you will, right? Like we kind of roll with like a small crew. But I started asking, like, what is everyone struggling with? I consistently heard, well, I heard a lot of weird things. But the one thing I heard consistently was I'm having trouble finding guests for my show. And I knew at that moment that was something. And when I went home, I'll never forget, I asked that question after speaking at a conference in Orlando, Florida. There's about 2,000 people there. When I got off stage, 100 people told me that same exact thing. I came home, I whiteboarded it out. And at first, it just didn't click. And then I was working out and I ran inside and because I had the idea. I'm like, you know what? And a, a, an industry that gets this right is the dating industry. What if we had something that was like a dating app, but didn't connect people for dates, it connect them for podcast interviews based off all the things they like and love and how well they connect. And sure enough, that's exactly what we built. And that's the way we positioned it. And it it literally just took off within just like a couple of weeks. We didn't do any paid marketing. It just, we had our first thousand people using it within just a couple of weeks of launching. And, but it was truly the fact that we took the time to figure out what people were actually struggling with. And that's how we launched it and grew it. So you created a product that solved a market need. How did you launch it? Were you just like yelling outside of the rooftop? Well, what did the launch look like? So before the launch, by the way, it, yeah. we, we, I had the idea on, it was March 10th, 2020. And we launched on June 15th, 2020. I say we, because I immediately, when I drew it out my whiteboards, which are behind my screen where I'm recording right now, I called an old friend of mine that's a, that's a great developer. Absolutely great. I called him like, hey man, like you know, doing something in software. Are you uh like you have any capacity right now? And he's like, you know what's funny, man? He goes, I just finished a multi-year project two days ago. He's like, what do you got? And I was like, well, let me pitch an idea to you. I pitched it to him and we've known each other for a long time. We were in each other's weddings like years before this. We didn't live in the same state or anything like that. But he's like, Man, I trust you. He goes, if you got something here, he goes, Let's let's formalize this and start. And so what we did is we each put $2,500 into account and we wrote up the the basic uh, legal documentation saying we're 50-50 partners. Like, I just think that's a smart way to start and hit the ground running. So three months later, we launched. And the only thing I did the day we launched, because I was super nervous about it because I'm like, people are going to hate it. But the first thing I did is I emailed the 100 people who told me they were struggling with that. I said, tell me if this works for you. Mm. But I also just posted it on LinkedIn. I was like, hey, found something to do during COVID 2020. I launched this software company. It's to help podcast guests and hosts find each other. And I, I kid you not, I had no following on on LinkedIn at that time. And we had 38,000 people visit the website within a week <laughs> from that one post. Didn't wow. promote it, nothing like that. And my co-founder, Jesse, was furious because he's like, dude, you told me 100 people were going to join. I'm like, what happened? He goes, we have over 1,000. It's been two weeks and the whole thing's breaking because we didn't build it to do that. <laughs> but software problems, I'll, I'll, I digress on that point. Yes. But that's basically our launch. We posted about it and then we just... I did my best from then on to seek out wise counsel, like I talked about early earlier, on how to build out my personal brand in a way that I can talk about podcasting online because I, I was an aerospace guy at that point. So I'm like, how do I do this? And so I just started letting that become what I shared online. And it just naturally started growing. And we took care of the people that trusted us. That also helps a lot. And that's basically it. It's badass, bro. People wanted to vote whether a podcast was hot or not, I guess, you know. So I guess so. <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly. What, what, what year was all, how long ago did PodMatch start then? When was all this? Yeah, so that was, uh, we launched into our early beta 
uh, on June 15th, 2020. Love it. And in a little bit, we'll talk about pod pros because I know you leveled up and now you're doing way more than just pod match. But while we're on the guesting thing, um, th- this isn't product placement. This is not an ad for pod match. You can do this on listening, uh, LinkedIn. You can do it in the DMs. You can do it on other providers. We want to get on shows. And well, you tell us why, why should a listener get on podcasts? Why should we start guesting on shows? First off, if you're somebody saying, ooh, I liked the first part of this conversation that Alex and Ben were having about starting a podcast, I actually recommend being a guest on one first to make sure you actually like it. It's a great mm. way to test it because you might do one episode and be like, I hate this. Let me save you a few weeks. Just try that. Um, share what you know, right? Uh, but I think the power of podcasting, if you, Ben, you and I really know this, like people listen to podcasts when they're working out, when they're driving, when they're cleaning, when they're cooking, when they're doing something else. And I don't know about you, but when I learn best, it's when I'm doing something with my hands, it's tedious and I can just hear something Mm. like I I comprehend better than standing here just watching YouTube because I tend to be like, oh my gosh, this video is 25 minutes. Oh, I wonder what what, what were they just about? I like zoned out, right? Like that's kind of how it goes. But for me, if I'm like, okay, I'm cleaning this or I'm working out, I'm, I'm hearing and comprehending those words. And there's a lot to be said for how human beings learn and stuff like that. And you've got episodes and all that. So, um, but the point is. It's such a powerful way for somebody to develop know, like, and trust with someone who's listening to the podcast. So if you jump on a show as a guest, usually the host is just trying to get you to talk. Like that's the goal of being a host, right? Like can I get the guests to share the best of what they know with my listenership. People are listening because they trust the host, but now they trust the host. So they're going to automatically kind of trust you. And it's a pretty easy sell at that point if the guest does a good job vetting you. So you come on there. Now this person who's listening is like, wow, I really like this person I would like to learn more about them. That is so powerful. And yeah. and real quick, social media has its place. So I'm not trying to dog it. But if someone's laying down in bed and they scroll past one of your posts real quick and double tap it and keep on going, think about the difference in value there. The way I look at podcasting, if a podcast has just 10, 20, 30 people listening to it, that's still powerful because that's like 10, 20 or 30 people listening to you sitting in seats with you on a stage. You exactly. have their attention. And I think that that... I think it's the most powerful form of media that we have right now is podcasting. I love the analogy. I don't know if I stole it from you, but I've been giving it all the time. Talking I think I to stole it from you, man. Now, I doubt you definitely steal it. I don't know about that, but I stole it for someone. But, you know, this was the reframe that changed my life because I would sit down with people that charge thousands, if not tens of thousands for a keynote. And I was like, I kind of feel like an imposter. And then I realized that in essence, you're giving them. You're there. A guest is getting a keynote, even if it's just 25 people in their niche that are listening and engaged and trust the host. What's the value of being in a room with 25 people? Now, imagine if it's 10,000. Anybody would die to be in that room. I would pay to be in that room. Right. That paradigm shift really kind of made me no longer feel like an imposter as a host. And made me like have, you know, fire under myself to actually guest on more shows because I, Alex, the way I built my podcast was guesting on other shows. That's really the way I built my podcast. So talk a little bit more about, talk, we, I'm stuttering right now because I'm not perfect. We learn as we go. Talk about how guesting makes you better at everything. Like my opinion, sales pitch, anything like presentation, investor meeting, YouTube video, Guesting is going to make you better at these things, right? 
Oh, for sure. You know, the, the perfect example I can give of this, and, and real quick, Ben, you're a great host. Like I, I've Thank I've you. been on a lot of podcasts. You do an incredible job. Like you've just spent the time that it takes to actually begin to to get some true expertise in, in being a host of a podcast. So kudos to you. The, the example that I'll give is like if you go to a conference or I mean even like a wedding where you don't haven't seen a lot of people this too many times or like in recent times and people keep on asking you the same question. How are you? The first person you talk to, it's about a four minute conversation. The next one, it's about three minutes, 50 seconds. And then it's three minutes, then it's two, then it's one, and then it's 10 seconds, but you're saying exactly the same thing. So when I go to a conference, people ask me what I do. By the end of it, I can clear I can clear that up within like five seconds. Just point and, to your shirt. <laughs> right, just this, right? Like, no. But, but the thing is, I'm saying is by the reps that you're getting, yeah. the better you are at articulating and less words what you're trying to do, which is something I said at the beginning, but that is so powerful. When I go to a, a, a networking meeting right now, most people, they don't go to a lot of these things anymore. So they're like taking two minutes to just explain what they do. And well, and here's how I got there. And someone goes, Alex, what do you do? I say, I help independent podcasters raise and elevate their voice through podcasting. I help the guests and the host. So either side of the mic, that's what I do full time. And that's how I help and serve. And every time people are like, dang, that dude like has got it. And the truth is like, it's not that I've discovered anything magical about like how to share that. I've just said it so many times. I've learned to say it in less words. And so I think one of the beauties of being a guest on a podcast is you learn your message so well. For me, I still get nervous if I'm going to be a guest on a podcast or if I'm going to jump on a stage, right? That's just kind of how it goes. But I'll tell you what, I'm always ready. Even if you give me two seconds to to prep, I'm ready because I've shared my message so much. I say I'm ready if if you talk to me about my topics, right? Which I said at the beginning is all podcasting. So um, if you ask me about podcasting, I'm I'm going to be fine. And I'm going to, I'm going to articulate really well because again, I've got the time. I've got the reps in. I know how I show up and serve. And I think that, it, again, I feel like I'm maybe kind of being a little bit repetitive here, Ben, but like that is the power of being a guest on a podcast. So in a minute, we're going to talk about pitching, but we're on preparation right now. You came, I know you listened to the episode with Steve Sims, a couple others. What does your preparation process look like to make sure you over deliver? It's listening to the podcast first and foremost. And the reason I say it is I want to match the host energy. Ben, if you were like a really soft-spoken, quiet individual that's more stoic, right? I'm going to show up and I'm not going to be fake, but I'm going to do my best to slow down a little bit, right? And maybe not tell jokes <laughs> that someone like that wouldn't laugh at, right? Like I'm going to slow down because at the end of the day, what's important for a guest to remember is they might, the listeners might like to tune in because you're there, but they stay for the host. So if you don't meet the host level, chances are they might not resonate with you either. So the, the the number one thing to prep is listen to the podcast. And I used to make the mistake of listening to it at like 1.8x. And then you get there, I'm like, wait, Ben talks really slow. I thought he talked really fast, right? Like listen Alex, to it in its normal cadence. Welcome to the show. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I think that the biggest thing you can do from a prep perspective is that, but also talk to the host, which you can just do via email and just say, hey, what's our objective? Like how can we add value? Get to know their objective so that that way you can weave in your own objective, right? Because we've all got something we're trying to do, but make sure it matches and fits what the host says. If the host is about launching your own book and you talk about why you should never launch a book, you're going to have to find a way to work those together, although that one's probably not a good fit at all, right? But you need to find a way that you're not like pushing back on the host too much because guests that do that, again, the listeners like the host and they've got the host back. So if they feel like you're pushing them against them, they're like, I don't trust this person. And again, you want to develop no like, and trust, not distrust in that. So it's all about listening, asking the point of it, and making sure you show up just 
prepared, like remove distractions. The first thing I do before we hit record is I turn off all the things on my computer and my phone. And that's something that you've got to do from the start so you can be fully present. Love it. So remove distractions, show up fully present. And the host already is a tribe. They're welcoming you into that group. So you kind of want to be a member of it. You don't want to push your agenda. It makes sense. Kind of me. I do the same thing as a host. I'll mirror my guest. Right. I'm a pretty stoic dude, but you're high energy. So I know I got to turn the energy up. I appreciate let's, that. <laughs> let's talk about two things that I know people are curious about. Then we'll go wrap it up fire and we'll close out um, pitching and CTA because those are both huge. So I, I know I want to guest on shows for whatever reason. I have clarity on that. How do I start pitching? The first thing you do is you listen to the podcast, right? It's the first thing you're doing. I, I say that because you have to lead with value. So the first step, if you're going to email a pitch, which just means your request to be on a podcast is what a pitch is. So your request to be on the podcast is going to be in the form of an email, a message, something, right? You want to lead with value. The best way you can lead with, a va- with value in a way that will get the host's attention is if you say, hey, Ben, listen to your podcast. I really enjoyed Real Business Connections. And I listened to the episode with Steve Sims. And this is what my biggest takeaway was. Absolutely loved it. As a matter of fact, I liked it so much. I left you a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast. I attached that in this email. <laughs> nice. Here's the thing. You, you, how many times that happened to you, Ben? Like probably not many, right? It's more like, Hey, Alex, my friend said your show was good. And <laughs> I'm trying to think of a joke. Has anyone used the word she? Cause Alex could go guy or girl. Cause I've gotten pitches where the gender's wrong. The podcast name's wrong. Like it's clearly like an automated thing that was done improperly that's 95% of the pitches I get. It's, it looks like automated garbage. The, the best one I got is I had a guy named Fred Dust on the pod. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, take wow. a minute. Fred Dust. Kind of sounds like Fred Durst. Please tell me this is going to go into Fred Durst. That's exactly where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> you, you cleared your throat long enough that it, was, it wasn't long of a cliffhanger. I got it. My goodness. Tell, yeah, tell sorry the story, about that. man. Tell the story. So I had a guest on named Fred Dust. And what somebody heard when they were just skimming through the titles is Fred Durst. And so they emailed me this pitch and they're saying, I love seeing Fred Durst on the podcast. I was a huge fan growing up. My favorite part was this. (laughs) And I'm reading this and saying, what? And like, I go through my backlog. I'm like, did did something get posted wrong? I'm like, Fred Durst. I'm like, this person's a liar. You know, like, and that's the only time I didn't even respond. But like, those are the type of pitches that come through. Like, what? What was that? And so, yeah, like you're saying, most of them are terrible. Yeah. The reason I said lead with value and shared what I shared is if you do that, you're at the very least going to have the, the attention of that host. The host is going to say, okay, go on. What else do you have? So step one, lead with value. Step two is to make a meaningful request. The other thing that Ben and I both see, because we both get a lot of pitches for people wanting to be on our show, and he's a good host, so he's protecting you by not letting people on. But people don't make a clear request. You like read like three or four paragraphs and you're like, I don't know what this person wants. Like, I I can't even tell you what they're here for or why they emailed me in the first place. A meaningful request doesn't mean just saying, I want to be on your show. It means saying, hey, Ben, I noticed on Real Business Connections, you haven't talked about LinkedIn in a while. And I know early on, that was a lot of your episodes. If you'd be interested in revisiting that topic, I cover how to make a connection with somebody that they'll respond to your initial message that you send them. Now, if the host goes, oh, shoot, I haven't talked about that in a while. They might be like, that's a topic that I want. It shows you went the extra mile. So the next thing is to offer credibility. And another thing I just see people get wrong, credibility, they're like, I've been speaking for 20 years. I wrote a oh, book. Yeah. I did this. I've been on four podcasts. That's how cool I, did, I am. Right? Like, here's how cool I'm the best, right? Like, yes, <laughs> all that. The best way to offer credibility is how 
actually, Ben, you did this when you reached out to me to have me on your show. You mentioned three people that I know that are mutual connections and friends of ours. And you said, I had all three of these people on the show. Would you want to be on? That works perfectly on the flip side. If I'm like, Ben, I'd love to be on your show. Here's three friends of mine that you've had on the show as well. They can let you know if I'd be a good guest or not. Here's the thing. like Once that connection is made, you're like, oh, I basically know you. They did my job for you. I barely even need to vet you. Come on, right? And again, you can link to your credentials, the things that you've accomplished. And that's what I recommend doing so you can keep the email short. Because one little hack about podcast hosts is we don't like to read, and that's why we talk. Mm. So keep it brief, right? And you can link out to more things if you feel it's necessary. And the last thing that I'll mention is mention that you'll share the episode if you honestly will. Don't lie, have some integrity, but if you really are willing to share it on your social media or blast out via email or on your website, say that in the pitch because hosts love getting the help because most of us have really small audiences when it comes down to it. Like our listenership might be big, but like our actual social following, all that stuff is fairly small. So getting the help goes a long way. And I find when you pitch this way, you get way more success than the, the, what the 95% who do something else, right? It's powerful. So go listen to the episode, leave a review. You can take a screenshot of the review. You can add that, um, add value, whether that's topics or you have members of the net, you know, similar network that you can name drop. It's very mutual value driven is the short version. It's not, Hey, listen to how cool I am. Look at my muscles. It's, Hey, this is, I'm like you. I'm like your audience. This is how I can add value to your audience. I'd love to be a part of it. And if not, that's okay too. One thing I say, Alex, every time I pitch to be on a show is I'd love to possibly be on the show. And if not, I'd be happy to open my network to you. Nine times out of 10, people don't even give a crap about my network. Now, granted, I still will open it to them regardless, but they say, yeah, come on the show. And then what I do after the show is I start making introductions. That's That's exactly, that's all I do. That's it. You you took what I did, my little fire that I shared, and you poured some gasoline on it. That's an amazing Ooh. way to end it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take that from you if you don't mind. That's brilliant. So we get on the show, and you you already mentioned it earlier in, in the the mid roll area. You've got a clear CTA. How do I come up with my CTA? Do I just blurt it out? Get, just give us the holistic perspective on CTAs. Call to Absolutely. action. Yeah, CTA, call to action for someone who's like, what the heck is a CTA, right? Call to action. Is that like a cat scan? (laughs) Yeah, right? So your CTA, your call to action is something that happens on almost every podcast episode. It happened to me just a little while ago when Ben said, where can they find out more about this? And most hosts are going to say, this was a great interview. Loved having you on. Where can listeners find more about you? The first thing I'm going to share here is it has to be singular. You can't say go to LinkedIn and go to Facebook because now you cause a divide. And the thing is, remember where people are listening to podcasts. We talked about it earlier. They're in the car. They're working out. They're cooking. They're cleaning. They're doing one of these things. And the thing is, if you say, hey, go to any of these 10 places, and they're like trying to remember it, and then it rolls into, hey, it's Ben again with Real Business Connections. Welcome back for another episode. They go, ooh, another episode. And then you're gone. They forgot you. So not only does it need to be singular, so you give people a direction that they can they can follow instead of saying, hey, go any of these places, you give them one direction, but also it needs to be somewhat memorable. It needs to be something that reinforces the point you made during the episode. Because if they listen to the whole thing, they're probably getting value from it. If they liked it and they're like, oh, this is great. This is good. And then you say, oh, and I, I know we talked about uh, we talked about poodles the whole time, but I've got this like surfing blog I'd love for you to check out. People are going to be like, what? I thought this was about dogs, right? Yeah. And I'm just using an example because I shared earlier. But no, if you say, hey, we talked about dog grooming the whole time. Hey, I've got the five steps that I use to keep my dog from shedding in the house and making a huge mess. Here's what I do right? Like that's your call to action because it it reinforces the point that you made. 
and you want it to be something that's free first off. And also that you can share in a way that people are not like, oh, what was that URL? And people are like, hey, Alex, why don't you use alexsanfilippo.com as your call to action? I'm like, because no one can spell it. Like Ben found a way to say it properly. So good for Ben. But like most people can't spell that at all. So it's like, how can I use it as a call to action? Now, if I said, this is alex.com and it'll give you five tips for doing X or 10 ways to do that, or it'll give you a free copy of my book, like anything like that that's memorable that someone says, okay, that's the one thing you want me to do and I can remember that and I got a lot out of this, so I'm going to take that action. That's the best thing you can do with a call to action. Again, I find that giving them something for free and then introducing them to your funnel with it is really the best place to start with a podcast call to action. Give us your example. Tell us where we need to go. Yeah. So it's going to be a repeat of what I said earlier because I've only got the one thing. So <laughs> and everything I do, if you're like, hey, I want to learn more about this guesting stuff, then you're going to go to podpros.com forward slash win. It gives you five quick wins you can consume in less than five minutes. I don't want your email address or anything like that. It'll help you either become a better podcast guest or if you're brand new, tell you your first steps. So five quick wins in five minutes at podpros.com forward slash win. Easy peasy, brother. That's it. One place I messed up that I always do in the front, I didn't ask you, do you have a hard stop? Because I have one additional thing I wanted to try with you. And if we can run along, we will. And if not, I'll edit it out. You know, this is another like, this is another guesting hack. Yeah. Um, well, hosting is make sure that there's no hard deadlines. So you're not like feeling rushed. But also, if you're a really good guest, make sure you don't have anything after it. Because if it's a great conversation, it sucks when you have to cut it short. So this is my last thing of the day. So not saying we need to go for hours because your listeners will not appreciate that. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so let's keep on going. I'm here. And it's going to be another 10. A really funny Calendly hack I did for my schedule is 60-minute calls or 57 minutes 30-minute calls or 27 minutes, I always have at least a 10 to 15-minute buffer, but I do it short. So if for whatever reason I want to run away and like cry to my mom, I can leave. Oh, I got to run. Leave early. But then I still have the buffer at all times. So right. I forgot to ask if you had the time. There's one thing I want to try on you that I haven't done before. So I always close with a rapid fire round, coffee or tea or beer or wine, all these like kind of fun things. I kind of want to go deeper with what I do rapid fire. Let's do it. Just do a free association, kind of like a hot take round. And this is the only thing I prepped for. I got a couple questions for you. So in-person or virtual interviews, well, what's your preference? So remote interviews like this, virtual, like it's easier. So it, it can be quick, right? But I'll tell you what, sitting in a chair with somebody on a stage and if there's cameras or live people, nothing beats that feeling for me. I like that more than speaking on a stage. Love So like live interviews with an audience? Oh my gosh. I've only gotten to do that twice. Wow. And they're like so memorable. Like I would, I would drive somewhere to go have that experience. It is so much fun. And I would lose a pound in sweat. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say I don't, but. Uh, <laughs> so hot take, AIs and podcasting. Good, bad, future. Well, what are your thoughts? It's it's all of the above. I mean, I, I think that anytime you remove the human element of something, you open up for some dangerous stuff to happen and some inauthenticity. But at the same time, it does help. So for me, I use AI to help me with my titles and descriptions of my podcast. It gives 80% of what I need to me and the last 20% is on me as a human. Uh, but it helps me overcome that like writer's block, if you will, because I like to talk. When it comes to making the title, I'm like, oh, shoot, here we go, right? It helps me do that. So I think that it's can, when controlled properly, I think it's going to be a really great thing. Love it. Yeah. And this podcast was actually recorded by an AI guy. Just, just so you know. <laughs> I knew Alex. you seemed too good to be true, Ben. 
you could tell it's me by the stutter and I always say four words at the same time. So um, it's 2023. What are you listening to right now? From a podcast standpoint, right? We're talking about... The- yeah, from a podcast. You're the podcast guy. Podcast. Right. Yeah, I was making sure you weren't thinking like music or anything like that. Oh, yeah. I, I do want to hear music too now. That, yeah, give us two podcasts and one band. All right. So podcast, I don't have a podcast for you right now. I've been I've been binging, like listening to your show. But in general, this month, I switched. I, I just decided to try this randomly. I have all these podcasts I've listened to forever. And I unsubscribed from everything, including my own. And I started typing in topics and adding all the ep- like single episodes on topics I want to learn more about. And so they're like, I don't even know the names of the shows. I'm just diving in looking for the best of the best content. So I've got nothing from an actual podcast standpoint right now other than unique episodes on topics I want to learn more about. And I actually think I really like this a lot. Love it. Well, well, tell us from a music perspective then. What's your jam? You're you're about to go on stage. You're driving up for that. You're, you're literally going to do a live podcast. What are you bumping in the car on the, the ride there? Listen, I'm showing my age here, but I, I love punk music. Like punk music okay. from like the 90s and early 2000s. Like I mean, I could, I could list so many bands, but like Sum 41, Blink-182, like MXPX, like these groups. I, I have a playlist called Punk Till We Die on Spotify. Okay. Just put that on repeat. It's like nine hours of just like all punk music. And, and so I don't even have a specific band. I'm just going to listen to all that. Show notes, baby. Punk till we die. There we'll we go. Add that there. <laughs> I have um, never mentioned that on a podcast, Ben. That's the first time that's ever come up. <laughs> I'm going to try to ask a question that's never came up, and you're going to see that I only kind of did research by asking this question. I, I need to kind of ease into it. So you're married, correct? Yes. Children? No. Okay. So I was, uh, there's two ways I was going to take it. We'll take Let's it with go. the wife. I'm going to tell you what I was going to ask. It was one of two things. I wanted to ask you what your child would ask you if they had a podcast, because that would be weird. But what would your wife ask you on a podcast that possibly no one's known to ask, but she just knows the intimate, you know, the the heart and soul of Alex? Your wife starts a show. What's the first thing she wants to ask you? It's a good question. The first thing she asked me is, when are you going to buy your wife a house at the beach? That's probably the first <laughs> question that's going to come up. So, uh, Alex, when are you buying a house? <laughs> yeah, so your wife's been asking me about a house. So uh, when, when are you going to do that? That's probably the first thing that come up. But more realistically, um, her and I, like, uh, I, I'd say like our if we have a superpower as a couple, it's our ability to communicate well. And so we just, uh, I'm so thankful we married for 10 and a half years and it's been, it's been amazing. So been absolutely amazing. She would just ask me deep questions probably around, she knows right now as the time of recording this, like I'm very focused on leveling up my health. Like I'm thinking Mm -hmm. longevity in life and leveling that up. She would ask me very intimate questions around the idea of health. Like how am I changing my eating? How am I changing my, my mental capacity? How am I working out differently? Like it would probably be right around those things. Love it. Rock and roll. Close us out with something that we can integrate. So we've talked about a lot today. It's a choose your own adventure. If you want to start a show, guest on shows, listen to Alex's show, podcasting made simple, great podcast. Give us something to integrate. So we learned a lot today, but none of it matters if we don't integrate it into our life. Out of everything we talked about, what do you recommend someone do after this conversation? First off, I love that you're ending with this question because without action, it, it's just information and there's nothing it's, there, it's right? It's infotainment. And uh, <laughs> right. the reason I asked this, Alex, is I was a binge drinker. I didn't take care of my health. I learned everything, but was afraid to even talk about it because I was completely living in misalignment. I knew all the personal development tips, but I was a freaking schmuck. 
if we don't integrate this knowledge, nothing happens. So with that preface, what can we integrate today? So the first thing I'm going to share, and I'll kind of go a couple different ways here really quick. The first thing is to grab a pen and paper, physical pen, physical piece of paper, go somewhere that inspires you. So that means away from a computer, away from a TV, go find what it is. For me, it's the beach. I live very close to the ocean, right? So like, I I like to go out there with pen and paper, no phone, and I write down why I want to do what I want to do moving forward in my life. And I'm not thinking like the next 10 years. And sometimes I do that, but typically it's like next 90 days because I try to do this once a quarter. But think about podcasting. If that's, if you were listening to this today and you're like, hey, this is what I want to do. Think about why you want to do it. It has to go beyond you. It can't just be like, well, I want to share my message. I want this. No, how is it going to serve somebody else? A proper why goes beyond you and goes into how you serve in the world to make it a better place. So pen and paper, where you're inspired, write it down. And then return back and say, what is my absolute next step? Okay, maybe it's to buy a mic. Okay, maybe it's to see if I can get on a call with Ben to see if I can learn a little bit about how he started, right? Like these are the type of things you have to do, but you have to just find your immediate next step based off your knowledge. Because you might be like, well, I've already got mics, so what do I do? You find the next most immediate step that'll get you closer to hitting publish or having someone else hit publish on your behalf. Powerful. Alex, this has been fun. I could talk to your open book. I could talk to you all day. We hardly even touched on the incredible community you're building with Pod Pros. So endorsement, guys, check out Pod Pros. We got to go deeper with part two. I want to hear the 15 screw up list, something like that. Um, yeah. But thanks again, man, for coming on the show. It's been fun. Ben, it's been an honor. Thank you so much, everybody. I appreciate y'all. Thanks again for listening to Learn, Speak, Teach, powered by Balbert Marketing, LLC. You need to go subscribe if you haven't yet. This show is completely free. If you gain value from the episode, personally share with a friend and explain your favorite part. Leave us a review on Apple, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to the show. All right. Thanks once more for listening to LST. I am so grateful. Talk to you soon. Hey, Alex Sanfilippo here. I want to take just a quick moment to talk about my friend, Ben. Ben runs a podcast called Real Business Connections. And I'm telling you what, this is a show that I have grown to love to listen to. And beyond that, I just recently had the opportunity to actually be a guest on the show. And you always wonder, like as a podcaster myself, like what's the host really like when you're live with them, right? When you're actually hitting record, like are they going to be the same? And I'll tell you what, the authenticity that Ben shows up with in episodes that you listen to is the same level of authenticity shows up to while you're recording. Truly a blessing, truly a great guy to know that I respect even more than before we got to record together. And I'll continue listening to his podcast. So I just want to give a quick testimonial to Ben, someone that I really respect and love. So keep up the great work, man. I appreciate you. Oh, hey, you're still here. Thanks for listening. If you need to take off, that's quite all right. I do have something brand new and exclusive to share. If you believe more hands-on training, peer accountability, and direct access to some of our guests from this very show would be a helpful addition to the podcast, do me a favor and head over to growgettersonly.com. That's grow, G-R-O-W, getters, G-E-T-T-E-R-S, only. Dot com, growgettersonly.com. Here you can unlock instant access to exclusive high-level mentors, training, networking, accountability, and hot seat coaching alongside fellow growth-obsessed entrepreneurs and business professionals just like yourself. All for, guess what? One dollar. That's right, one dollar for 30 days. 
What's a grow getter? In short, a growth focused individual, especially in the business realm, who combines the relentless energy of a go getter with a constant pursuit of self improvement and collaboration. Is that you? Head to growgettersonly.com for some community support. This is not for you if you're looking for a quick fix rather than long term growth. Collaboration and learning from others just doesn't seem to appeal to you. You're not ready to be part of a community that relentlessly pushes boundaries. Complacency is your comfort zone. It's not for you. If it is for you, and if you didn't turn this off yet, I do presume you're a grow-getter. And I'd love to invite you to join my new collective, Grow-Getters Only. Basically, cost to check it out, $1 for a month. It's basically free. Everything is over at growgettersonly.com. Just like I said, growgettersonly.com. Oh, yeah. And one last thing. We do put on free events as well if you can't afford the dollar. <laughs> Jokes aside, I'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you.